everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Glenn, buddy, like we've done what, like 200 episodes together or something like that, but you know, just now that's just you and I, this, it, it's going to take some getting used to. It will, but I think we've, we've got it in us. Yeah. We'll uh, meet the challenge head on. So <laughs> I think this is a fantastic episode, especially with what we are uh, going to be discussing. And I think it's, it's really relevant for a very specific reason. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you and let you know why specifically this topic is relevant. So let's just hear the highlight of what, what has happened in your life professionally. Well, for me, I just got my first promotion at a company I've been with for seven and a half years. And that comes with it a nice new pay raise. Ooh, shiny new money. Folds well, it fits in the wallet. It's burning a hole in many cases. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> We've heard of that before, right? Burn, uh, got a pocket full of money, burn a hole in my pocket. Yep. Mm. So the, the topic we're talking about today is why we spend more than our paychecks. This is uh, some that we, you know, that the most people seem to come across, especially or here in the U.S. Uh, you know, when why is it that if you get a raise of let, let's just say a thousand dollars a month, most people believe now that they can spend an extra thousand dollars a month. What ah. they're doing in in a good kind of way is they're taking a look at their current spending levels and their current. Uh, current life that they've built for themselves, their current comfort level. And now all of a sudden you tack on another thousand dollars and they're like, you know, I'm comfortable with my money right now and I'm comfortable with my life right now. Therefore I can view this extra thousand dollars as just extra cash that I can spend. It's going to transform my life. And what they do is that same life that they were comfortable with now raises because now all of a sudden they're possibly buying another car or upgrading their car, they're maybe looking at getting some houses. Whatever the case is, they now believe that their comfort level is X plus that thousand dollars. And it's that mindset that holds you back, that restricts you from truly accumulating wealth. That's what this is about, is accumulating wealth, making the right decisions for the long term. Because you're absolutely right. If you're used to $5,000 a month and now suddenly you get 6000 yeah, the short term, you're absolutely right. That $1,000 is going to transform your life. But in the long run, how you handle that mentality of going from five to 6000 is going to make or break your long term. And this really is something that affects our mindset. In my, in my seminars, one of the things I talk about is there's only two things that you can truly give yourself a grade, uh, a letter grade to know if you're successful or not in life. And that is your health 
and your bank account. Those are the only two variables that will let you know if you've been a success so far. And if you, if your mindset is set on, this is how much I weigh. Therefore, if I lose weight, we fall into a trap of, well, I deserve a reward. And now son, we're going to go back up. The same thing is true with money. If you're used to only seeing $10,000 in the bank, now all of a sudden you're seeing 11 and 12 and 13. In your mindset, because you're only used to 10, that extra two, 3,000 that's there now, you're viewing that as extra spendable money. And that's where you start falling into the trap of thinking short-term versus long-term. So Glenn, buddy, we want you to avoid that trap. Definitely. You know, the, the, the real struggle is many people are living paycheck to paycheck, right? So they get used to that feeling of not having, not, not uh, being fulfilled in certain areas of their lives, always going wanting for something. Oh man, I want that, but I can't afford it because my job doesn't pay enough. They, the moment they get that promotion and that raise that gives them the extra money to enjoy some of those things, they start spending. And they start spending on those things because I, I always wanted it but could never afford it before. And I'm going to keep doing it because it's part of my life now. Then they get stuck in that same situation where they're still living paycheck to paycheck. If an emergency comes up, they can't meet their debts. Then they fall apart. And when they fall apart, they fall apart hard. <clears throat> it's harder to get out of debt than it is to accrue debt, that's for sure. And why is that? Why why do we take a look at money and money specifically? And if we if we see a debt or if we have credit card bills, why does why do we not give that the attention it truly deserves? Because there's some school of thought out there that spend everything on a credit card and then pay it off at the end of the month. And then there's the other school of thought of there's always <clears throat> You know, let's let's see how much money, you know, if, we, if we've got a limit of 5K, that's 5K that we can spend. Why is that the mentality of the of the majority of the people like credit card debts everywhere? I think it has more to do with. I guess more to do with procrastination in your money. Right. It's like, mm. oh, I can just pay that off later or I can make payments on that and I'll be fine. You always have that intention, the good intention of paying back that debt over time. But uh, <laughs> intentions are worth shit if you have no motivation behind it. And who has motivation to give away their money to a credit company? No one. I sure as hell didn't. I got myself in credit card debt multiple times. I was like, I'll just make the minimum payment and I'll eventually pay it off. Yeah, eventually turns into eventually, which turns into more eventually, which turns into yet more eventually. And then all of a sudden that credit interest hits you and that just piles up like nothing. It, it, it's just a mentality of, yeah, I can handle it later. I can procrastinate on this. That way I can keep more money in my wallet and buy more things while I pay this off in small payments. Yeah. And, you know, 
We also have to hand it to the credit card companies. They do a phenomenal job of making it a confusing process. Yep. They don't want you to know how stuff is going to work, what the long-term ramifications are, because the more they have you spending, they want everyone to spend those and uh, to pay only the minimum because that means you're going to be there even longer. And that's what they want. They want to hold on to you. They don't want you to leave anywhere. It's also why they don't close accounts or cancel accounts where people are delinquent. mm -hmm. They'll just keep tacking on that interest and late fees. And eventually your $500 credit limit turns into a $1,500 debt before they sell it off to someone else for pennies, make that money back. (laughs) (laughs) And then that other credit company, the, the credit claim company comes after you for even more. Yeah, because if you initially borrowed, let, let's just say a thousand, and then based off you know interest and and maybe some late fees and all that kind of stuff, let's say it goes to thirteen hundred. That's three hundred dollars of profit that they're looking at, and if you aren't going to pay it, if you can't pay it, they send it over to a debt collector. Debt collector buys it for a thousand. Well, now they've just broken even, so no loss for them. But the other company now is what's really going to start hounding you. So how you handle raises is very crucial as well. There's a a story of a janitor who, and once I heard this story, I've uh, applied it in my life and recommended recommended this philosophy to other people as well. And I'm just going to make up the numbers here. Uh, let's just say he was making $5,000 a month. So going back to what I said earlier, if you make your life on $5,000 a month, that's the only thing that you know, that's the only thing that you're comfortable with, and you've kind of centered your life around that. Now, all of a sudden, you get a raise up to 6000 That extra 1000 doesn't mean anything to you. It it doesn't impact your life. It doesn't do anything until you do something with it. So what he did was he spoke with with his uh, employer. And every job that I've had, you can do this. You can split your direct deposits. And so what he did was he still had the 5000 coming in like normal. But now he created a separate account where that 1000 is automatically sent over. Because again, he doesn't know what that is like. He hasn't lived it. It's just something uh, almost like a bonus to him now. And so just by doing that with every single raise, not only did he have a comfortable living because and a comfortable lifestyle because that's the lifestyle that he was accustomed to and that he built for himself, but now he's just making bank in <laughs> the bank uh, from all these extra raises because <clears throat> they're just going over there and he's, you know, they're, He's getting interest on him and, and things like that. So he was able to retire early with a significant amount of money. And so I've done the same thing. The job that I'm at right now, uh, I get a monthly bonus based off of based off of numbers. And that second part of the paycheck, that's the bonus, I never count it towards my, my income. Other people in the company do. And they're always taking a look at their numbers just to see what kind of bonus they're going to have. But it's just not something that's a part of my daily routine. 
And so I take that money, automatically put it aside for something else. Um, Christina, same thing. She just, you know, switched jobs and, and got a nice raise. And, and she's doing the same thing to where she's taking the normal amount of money that she was used to. And then anything over that automatically gets sent to another uh, another account. And I know, Glenn, I'd like to get your thoughts because <laughs> at least in the past when we were talking, you had a pretty uh, – a very aggressive plan, financial plan. And so with this upcoming raise, what's, what's your, I mean, how, how are you planning on handling that? Well, just to recap my financial plan, I plan on being completely debt free in four years now. It's been a year since I enacted this plan of uh, taking all of my money, putting it towards all of my bills, not having any other, other credit debts. Um, means my house is going to be paid off, my car is paid off, um, any existing credit debts would be paid off, literally everything paid off within five years of the date I started the plan. Now I'm a year in, and I'm well on my way. I'm actually ahead of what I was planning. Um, thanks to COVID, I've been able to set aside the extra gas funds, right? Because I'm not traveling as much for work. Um, I'm also not eating out as much, so... That money's being put towards bills. Every extra cent I get, whether I got a bonus from work or not, has been going towards those bills. And now with a raise, I'm still planning on living at the same level that I'm living at right now. I've already got my split going in with the office um, on my direct deposit to have that extra money funneled into a separate account so I can pay my bills out of that. So it's... I, I've been part of the Dave Ramsey uh, debt snowball effect for a while, and I've, I've just been very aggressive at following it. And for those of you who don't know, Dave Ramsey is a guru when it comes to um, handling debt. If you don't listen to Dave Ramsey, and, or if you listen to Dave Ramsey and you aren't following his method, you're not going to succeed. If you're looking to get rid of debt quick, Dave Ramsey's method is a, is a wonderful wonderful step to follow and did you just come across that on on accident or, or kind or of yeah was it yeah something I, I was actually listening to uh, a political radio uh, station here in the northwest ktth and on some of my drives home it'd be later in the evening because of traffic you know seattle traffic sucks no one's comfortable in an hour plus drive um, unless you've unless you're Rohit and you have audiobooks to listen to <laughs> <laughs> me at the time I wasn't listening to audiobooks I was listening to political radio and one of the the talk shows they had on there was uh, Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey and he would take calls from people in financial crisis calls from people with uh, different debt situations and he'd offer them advice I was intrigued, so I started reading some of his books. I started listening to some of his podcasts. Um, I started watching some of his speeches that he gave at uh, various events. I got hooked. I saw a lot of people were having a lot of success with his methods. It was kind of accident because I was expecting political radio, and one night the, uh, the show that I normally listen to was canceled, and he was in their place. He was in their place for a good three months. Oh, 
and as far as adopting some of the the methods and, and strategies that he has it requires a lot more than just the steps one of my favorite books by yeah uh, it, it requires a lot more than just, you know, step one, step two, step three. It, it requires a, a mentality change. It requires a level of dedication and a true desire to want that result. And here's the other thing is you have to be able to see what the end result is. If, if you just had something that said, here are the steps to follow for to get out of debt, it doesn't truly paint that picture for you. So it's hard for your subconscious to really believe that. But when you imagine, okay, right now I'm making 10,000 a month and of that 10,000 a month, uh, maybe seven, 8,000, let, let's just say 7,000 of it goes towards bills. Well, that's 70%. Now all of a sudden imagine that you have that 70% back and you're truly making 10K. That's where the real financial freedom stuff comes from. So for exactly. you- how did you go beyond just here are the steps that I need to do and see what that long-term impact in your life was going to be like? Well, I took a look at my finances to see how much money I'm spending, right? I'm, I'm going, okay, this is how much I'm spending every year. And I looked at the length of my, my debts. You know, let's say my house is an example, right? The, the mortgage payment. I'm looking at the mortgage payment going, okay, it's, let's say it's a thousand dollars a month, just using a number here, a thousand dollars a month for the mortgage payment. And I'm looking at how much is going towards the principal, how much is going towards taxes, how much is going towards escrow, private mortgage insurance and all this stuff. And I'm going, that's a lot of money that I'm wasting towards things that aren't actually paying for my house, <laughs> right? <laughs> taxes. That's not paying for my house. It's that's paying for the, the use of the land and, and for programs that I don't even use in this community. Um, the private mortgage insurance, that's just profit to the, the mortgage company. They're, mm -hmm. they're ensuring that you're going to pay your debt or else they take the house back. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And, and then there's, you know, any any number of other fees that they throw on that it, it's about 60 percent of what you pay each month goes towards those other things and not towards your principal that's not a good mix and i'm looking at that over the long term going okay this is supposed to be a 30-year loan this is how much extra money i'm paying towards this it's 60 percent of what i'm paying is going towards that that means that's 60% of my money wasted. And over the long term of this, $60,000, $70,000 that can be wasted there that I could be saving. So what if I started putting as much money as I can on my debts, on the principal, ahead of time and get that paid off? That's going to lower the interest rate so the mortgage company makes less money off of me and I get to keep more money. Uh, that reduces my need for private uh, mortgage insurance, right? That reduces my tax because my house is paid off at a lower value <laughs> than it would be if it was revalued later at uh, a higher value. So 
my, it locks in a lower rate for my taxes moving forward as well. And I, I start calculating all these different costs going, if I get this done in five years instead of 10 or 20 or 30 years, how much money is that going to make me? How much is that going to put back into my bank account that I can invest in making more money for myself? Just in investments, I could make money and maybe not have to work unless I choose to. Or I could set aside a retirement fund, which is something my parents never did and always wanted to do. And that brings up a, a great point and a question that I'd like to ask you. I'm a strong believer in you can't have a breakthrough until you have a breakdown. When it comes to finances, we really believe ignorance is bliss. We can, it's easier for us to accept our health not being what it should be than it is our bank account because we can justify our health as being genetics or that's the way I've always been, or that's how I was born or just whatever it is. But when it comes to finances, the excuses run thin. You really do have to take responsibility and ownership. And because that can be so painful, people just ignore it. I know people who get so much anxiety just taking a look at their bank account, whether it's in the positive or the negative, it doesn't matter. But just knowing like, you know, it just stirs up all these negative emotions and, and they don't do it. I'm myself at, at fault. All my bills are auto pay. I don't look at my bank accounts, not because I'm nervous to see like how bad it is, but just I'm in the mindset of everything's automated. I don't need to pay attention. And that's bad as well. So you have it on yeah. both extremes. <clears throat> so for you, did what was that like? Did you have that breakdown? And if so, when did you have that serious talk with yourself? And if not, then, you know, what led you down this path anyways? Well, my breakdown was realizing that I was working paycheck to paycheck. And, and, and how do you define that? That means you have just enough money in your bank account to get from one paycheck to the next paycheck. <laughs> means at, by the time your next payday comes down around, you have very little in your account to nothing in your account. That's paycheck to paycheck. So I, I was living like that for years. You know, I'd always done it when, even when I worked in warehouses, right? You, you knew me back when I worked for the Best Buy warehouse. And uh, when I worked for, God, Fry's Electronics, it was all paycheck to paycheck. R.I.P. Yeah. We knew you. We knew you, Fry's. Sorry. <laughs> Peace. Here's one for my homie. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, paycheck to paycheck sucks. But I started realizing that a lot of my expenses, and I literally had to write down everything I was spending. I had a full spreadsheet of where every cent was going. I noticed all the uh, sodas that I would buy at, at convenience stores before starting at, at, at Zones, right? Every morning I'd be stopping and picking up some, some different beverages, either either a soda or an energy drink or something. Um, 
and I'd buy two or three to hold me through the day. Well, that quickly and, and adds the big up. ones too. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be those small little dinky Red Bull cans now, man. I'd get those big old monsters. I'd get the monster uh, hydrates, um, which, by the way, those are still delicious. I love them, but I can't have them anymore. Um, I I'd spend uh, not, ten dollars a day. Wait, wait, stop! 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 stop. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to. No, I do mean to interrupt you. Interrupt it's not me. that you can't. I choose it's not you to. don't want to. You choose, I choose not, not to. There to. we go. There's I want power to. There. I want to, but I choose not to. So there we go, buddy. Sorry, I had to interrupt that. Yeah, the doctor says I can't have them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I say I choose not to have them anymore. Anyway, um, no. Um, but I, I was looking at that, and it's like, okay, that's $10 a day, five days a week. That's $50 a week that's being spent on just drinks. When I could just take a, a bottle to work with me and fill it with water. No cost. That's 50 bucks a week that I'm saving. Then um, there was going out to, to lunch. I don't know, two or three times a week when I when I worked at Zones, right? And so that's, a, I don't know, if, if you go to McDonald's, you can get a value meal about eight bucks, right? Eight bucks times five, that's still 40 bucks, right? 40 bucks is, is still something that I could save if I, let's say, buy some sandwich meat and some bread and a couple cents, I have a, a meal for the day. <laughs> Literally, people don't like looking at their expenses like that because they, fe they feel they need those things. Uh, it's just one cup of coffee every day. Yeah, well, one cup of coffee from Starbucks at five bucks a cup. That's on the low end. Um, five, you know, five bucks a day times 365 days a year. Gee, how much money could you save if you just save that? And for people who are smokers, it's even worse. How much does it cost for a pack of cigarettes now? Oh, 10, 12 bucks yeah. for, for people who do the vaping, those vape cartridges aren't cheap. So it sounds like for you, the the real impact came once you started seeing, because I think most people, when they talk about wanting more money, the first thing that they do is they try to eliminate current <coughs> expenses. Right. And it sounds like for you, that was the trigger. Once you started looking at what are the expenses I can cut, I think you were probably shocked at how much money was just you know, wasted. Was going towards non-essentials. And I'd it, like it, to thank you for paying my salary when I worked at Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's debatable whether that's essential or not. <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> uh, I used to spend tons on, on video game downloadable content. And it isn't even stuff that continued the value of the game. It just gave you a little boost for a little bit of time, right? A lot of people get that with their phones. Those little AFK games that you play on your phone, they all have those little loot boxes you can buy, um, the, those little key pieces, uh, the cosmetics and stuff that make your character look different. It doesn't add value to the game. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at my paychecks now. Does it add value to my life? If it doesn't add value, why am I spending money on it? Like a house, that provides value. It provides shelter. A car, it gets me to and from work. 
Do I need Netflix? No. Do I need Hulu? No. That doesn't actually help me out. It's just extra expense. Sure, it gives me a little bit of entertainment for a little bit of time, but I don't get that much value out of that. It doesn't enhance my life. It just holds me over for a few hours. And too many people are are looking at their bank account going, oh, man, I need more money. I need more money. But yet they, you know, go out and buy the new iPhone every time a new one releases. Or I'm, I'm still on my Galaxy S10 Plus that I got, what, four years ago? Yeah. Um, and people are going out there getting new phones every year. They're they're getting subscriptions to Netflix, Hulu, Spotify. Sorry, Spotify. I canceled my subscription a long time ago. Why? Why am I paying for these things? It's just extra expense for things that are not essential. They don't enhance my life. They just sort of pass time. They They waste time if they're just passing time. My life's short enough. I don't need it to be wasted on Hulu and Netflix, which I only watch every once in a while when someone says something good's on there. <laughs> so, Glenn, as, as we draw this episode to an end, I want to get your thoughts. If, you know, going into this promotion and you know, you're fortunate enough to where you kind of already know what the next steps are for the promotion after this. So that's going to be a significant increase in your paycheck. If you had to give, and and I guess maybe even kind of talking out loud to yourself as advice, what advice would you give people who are in, let's say, good financial standing and are getting a raise? How should they go about their paycheck as we draw this episode to an end? Very, very simple. Don't look at that new money as money to spend. Instead, look at what you can pay off with that money. You're already existing with what you've got before this this promotion, with before this raise. Try and get yourself into a better position in life with that money pay off debts put it towards paying off your home paying off your car um, put it into an investment something that's going to make you money instead of lose you more money Um, that doesn't mean buying a new car because a car loses value the moment you drive it off the lot you just lost your money put it into something an investment retirement fund whatever something that's going to make you money or put it into your debt. Treat that money not as as something extra to spend, but as something to help you get ahead. That's the right. only advice I have for that. And that's some fantastic advice, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by your co-host Glenn Rocks. So thank you, Glenn, for that summary and thank you for kind of being a guinea pig and in this episode and walking us through your journey on you know your financial independence no problem i'm used to being a guinea pig on this show anyway man (laughs) (laughs) good stuff good stuff (laughs) uh with that ladies and gentlemen 
let's uh, draw this episode to an end. You've heard some some fantastic advice on what to do when you get a raise. Uh, Glenn shared some of his thoughts, and you know the number one thing that I would say is split your paycheck, keep what you currently have, and then anything new, have it automatically go to a bank account uh, that is separate, or have it go towards your debt relief stuff. Uh, that's crucial for long-term success. So again, this is uh, one of your co-hosts, Rohit Rohila. And we've got Glenn Rux with us. And we thank you guys very much for listening in, tuning in, all that other fun stuff. So till next time, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 